Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, let's do this. Three, two, one. I think we're done. The campaign, of course, is not done. <laughs> that gets me every time, Flannery. The campaign, of course, is not done. Richard Irvin, well, I don't want to answer any questions about abortion. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good luck getting that past Flannery, Mr. Irvin. Today's show is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke, and so much more. There's uh, no Tommy Two Joint columns, no award-winning Tommy Two Joint columns, but <laughs> quite a bit of reefer talk in the Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com. Uh, if you want to help out this program, you can. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A-V is in victory. S-K-Y. All right. June will be here. I'm wearing a hoodie. It's May, but whatever. Did you know that Illinois has an average monthly revenue of over $100 million from recreational cannabis sales? As of 2022, Chicago hosts an impressive 44 cannabis dispensaries. The Windy City is the perfect place for the Illinois Cannabis Convention, June 10th through the 11th. Brought to you by NECAN, the convention will be the largest gathering of the existing local medical cannabis industry and those getting into the new adult-use recreational market. The convention will showcase more than 100 companies, brands, and product lines. Will Tommy Two Joints be there? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. There's also four full programming tracks running each day for medical, business, cultivation, and social justice, featuring dozens of expert speakers, Ben will not be one of them, with practical knowledge and advice for attendees of all levels of experience. All are welcome. Go to NECAN.com slash Illinois, N-E-C-A-N-N dot com slash Illinois for information and to register. Ben, I may hit you, uh, get you registered in this. Uh, no. I'll see if the, uh, anyone is telling any stories from 1970, whatever, and smoking <laughs> pot. Maybe we can get you in there to talk about yeah. that. They need they need a, a 1970s perspective. You know what I'm saying, D? <laughs> Sitting by the rocks, listening to Tower of Power and Earth, Wind, and Fire. They need someone who can tell you about that. Okay? All right. Well, I'll uh, I'll get on it this weekend. I'll see if I can uh, get you booked. Keep your email open. You may get into this knee can festival, and maybe you will, too. It is Friday, May 6th, and this is the Ben Jarofsky Show's Oh, what a week. And now, yes, oh, what a host, Chicago Raider columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody, Ben Jarofsky. <laughs> We're calling it Tommy Two Joins Friday, and here's why. <laughs> when you said, oh, what a host, it brought back that four seasons. Oh, what a night. Late September 19th. A song, of course. <laughs> Would probably fit in with the 1970s theme, but forget that. I remember we went over the up. we went over the, the statistics and the data. More people tune out when you sing earlier, so we wait for the singing later on. Remember that? Come on. Now. Oh yeah, I gotta remember that. Come statistics. On. Tune out singing. Put all Got that it. data together for no reason. 
Uh, yes, an, ex- an extensive, exhaustive study that we did of uh, listenership. Yeah, listeners tune out if I sing within the first ten seconds. That's it. I'm going. Or if I talk about the Bulls, that's it. I'm yes. leaving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> study show. Study show. Uh, I want to give a shout out. Got to give a shout out to Tom Shuba at the Sun Times. Uh, I I get this view like today is a day where I'm really feeling uh, appreciative for the next generation. John McDermott, I want to give a shout out to John McDermott too. Uh, John McDermott Jr. And uh, I want to explain this. So Tom Shuba has been a guest. Hasn't been a guest in a while. He's just busy guy. He can't get Shuba to come on the show. I mean, the interview he gave, he was really busy during the interview. So, I mean, (laughs) guy can't even stop for an interview. Hold on, man. Jimmy Johns is here, like walking out, talking to the Jimmy. Like, dude, you're in an interview. What are you doing? Uh, we tease, we jest. Tom Shuba, <laughs> ace reporter, young, brilliant reporter for the my beloved bright one, the Chicago Sun Times, home delivered every day, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and he just won an award uh, with Stephanie Zimmerman. A shout out to Stephanie as well. Uh, she uh, is has been a guest on the Bendrowski Show, uh, and it was a national headliners award, big time nationwide journalism award. Uh, and so the, I knew this because the Bright One sent out a uh, email promoting this. But I also got an email from one of our listeners, Kathy Powers, and she wrote at the top. Uh, <laughs> Tommy too joins. You know, I love when my listeners weigh in and show that they're listening. Yes, it's a nickname that Dennis gave uh, for Tom Shuba. Why did he give him that nickname? Good question, listeners. Good question. Uh, it's because he knows more about the legalized reefer issue than anyone in the state, including the people running the program. Uh, and he exhausted one story after another about legalized reefer. Uh, he's branched out. Of course, he's a general assignment report, does all kinds of things. But uh, congratulations, young Thomas. Uh, we're now going to have to call you what? Mr. Thomas two joint, Mr. Two joint, sir. Two joint, <laughs> three <Sir>. joints, <laughs> three. Jo- we'll give a promotion. I also want to give out a shout out to John McDermott Jr. And uh, I turned to him. A, a consultant, political strategist, community organizing strategist, really smart guy, young man. And I turned to him in my hour of need before the show. D, this is total geekdom. No. Uh, but I was taking a look at the uh, the site of the new casino. We'll discuss that, ladies and gentlemen. We'll discuss that. Uh, Mayor Lori liked to pick the casino site uh, on uh, River West. Gee, I didn't even know that was the name of the area. You know what I mean? It's like the near north side to me. No, River West. I think they just made it up. <laughs> no, it's like Mar- some real estate person made it up. Now everyone, everyone in TV is going, the site, the lucky winner was River West. Anyway, um, uh, I was like, is there a tiff there? And I just said, you know, I'm going to call John McDermott and ask him. Because he, it's like it's just a new generation, D, of uh uh, activists, scholars, you know, just ne'er-do-wells in general, marginal lefties, my kind of people uh, who are obsessively studying the TIF program. Most people in Chicago are utterly clueless. They just walk around, eh, I heard about it. I'm not quite sure what it means. Uh, and uh, so John McDermott, great job for helping me out, sent me maps. I got all this information now, D. I can study it. So, so it's really good to know, like, there's a year. I just... Um, before I turn it over to you, I want to give a shout out to Mayor of Alindo. Okay, so she works for Public Narrative, and uh, she called me. I 
don't worry why she called me. She just called me about something else. And we started talking. Turns out she's a TIFF geek. She's like 31 or something like that. So, D, it's good to know that there's a next generation that's picking up the, the torch. You know what I'm saying? So thank you, John McDermott Jr. Really appreciate uh, the assistance you gave me uh, this morning. All right. Enough of that. Well, let's move things over to the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy of Illinois, who's just been feverishly working all week preparing for this moment of, oh, what a week. It wasn't because we don't say that anymore. It's just, oh, what a week. Yes, the doctor. How's it going, everybody? Hey, younger generation, enjoy that time in the spotlight while you can. You got about three days and Ben throw you right under the bus. <laughs> He'll have something to gripe about with you. So, hey, enjoy it while, you, while it's here. You know what I mean? Never. Never younger generation. You know, I love you, millennials. Oh, and uh, Tommy Two Joints, my man. Congratulations. Up top, this one is for you. <laughs> oh, way to go. Uh, uh, man, that was a... Uh, that was a deep bong in, in, inhalation. Only for Tommy wow. Two Joints, man. Only for Tommy <laughs> Two Joints. Oh, God. All right. How's it going? Let's talk about what happened this week in Chicago and or Illinois. And hey, let's get crazy. We begin in Chicago and we begin with a bunch of news about applications and bids. That's right. Applications and bids. Applications and bids. Come on, Ben. Applications and bids. No. And yes, who would have thought that news about applying and bidding for stuff could be so much fun? Ben, how do you feel about applying for stuff? Uh, I always get a little nervous. I haven't applied for a job in so long. Uh, I just, I don't even know how you do it. I bet the, the technology and applying has changed since you have applied for something. That's oh true. Oh, my God. The internet. Are you kidding? The internet. <laughs> yeah, so I, I had to do, okay, the reason why I had a conversation with Mayor Valindo, uh is that they wanted me to record a um, tribute to Maya. Duke Masafa, who won an award, is one of the, she was one of this year's Studs Terkel recipients. Shout out to Maya. And they asked me to do a, a introduction uh, uh, on online. You know, I'm like, oh, help. <laughs> Maya won an award too? Yeah, Maya, Maya's the woman. Oh, goodness. Maya's well, on fire. Well, Maya, this one's for you too. <laughs> oh, congratulations to Maya. Oh, uh, yeah, Maya. She's on a roll. Uh, she's one of the Studs Turkle Award winners. It's a big award, Stud Turkle, of course. The legendary, legendary uh, newsman. What was your uh, radio personality, writer, lefty? May you rest in peace, the great Studs Turkle. Oh, hey, you know, who knows? Maybe one of these days, one of those awards will come around this way. It's kind of getting close to us, right? It's circling <laughs> our, our region a little bit. Maybe we'll get in there. Best podcast by a lefty in his attic overlooking an alley. And the winner is... <laughs> oh, man. We'd have that one on lock. I just feel like I feel like some good awards are coming. They're coming our I know. They're right around the corner, D. Right around. Like prosperity, it's right around the corner. But seriously, who would have thought that news about applying and bidding for stuff could be so much fun? Ben, you must be excited. Chicago is officially applying and bidding to host the 2024 Democratic Convention. Ben has all his political memorabilia out, all right? He's been talking about it all week. Ben, you are going to be so ready if this comes to town. I'm just going to say, I know you don't want me to. He brought out his Amy Klobuchar fanny pack. I think he's going to try to get that signed. I don't believe Amy Klobuchar ever 
uh, was in my top five, if you recall, T, throughout the summer of 2019. Ah, the good old days when the Democrats were having their debates uh, to determine who would be the uh, nominee to run against Donnie Trump. Uh, I did a running top five. Remember that? Mm -hmm. And I do not believe that Amy Klobuchar, the uh, senator from Minnesota, who is always haranguing the left for being what? too idealistic you know too true to their real beliefs you gotta learn to sell out people okay uh so i don't think she ever cracked the top five uh, remember andrew yang had a moment oh. in <laughs> yeah he was in like he may have been like your number that. one for one week no he wasn't bernie was number one every week and elizabeth warren was number two every week and after that it was Remember, no the one kamala harris i had a big time kamala harris uh, movement for until the second debate when uh, your favorite candidate uh, asked her about reefer and uh, that ended that. So, yeah, yeah. Ate her lunch, man. I remember that. Oh, yeah. Never forget it. Anyway, so Amy Klobuchar was never in the top five. All right. All right. And, you know, I'm not going to bring up your Cory Booker decoder ring. My God, what a I, You know, I kind of wish the Democrats had nominated Cory Booker. Really? Really? Yes. He's got a little more vigor than Joe Biden. Uh, to, and we need some vigor. Now, I know it's weird coming from an old man, like to say some guy is like old. I realize that's weird. I realize that's ageist. I, re I understand that, listeners. But I don't know, man. We need someone who could just like more vigorously oppose MAGA. So... I don't know. Maybe I'm being unfair. It's like you need someone who's uh, Bernie, but not quite uh, 80. You know what I mean? I love Bernie. Bernie. <laughs> Bernie. It's in his. Is he 80 yet? He's still got. He's still got the past. Let's just round anyway. up. Let's just round up. Uh, so, all right. Coming to Chicago in 2024, the Democratic National Convention. I've now. If we win it, if Chicago wins it, I should say not we. Uh, I'm sure it'll cost us money. Uh, but um, put that aside. It'll be the third of my lifetime, D, and the second of your lifetime. Here we go. For 10 trivia points, Dennis, what year was the Democratic Convention in Chicago when you were alive? Hmm. 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 1989. No, 1989. What <laughs> that was... Uh, Nice try, Madam Mayor. Nice try. Uh, no, 1989 wasn't even a presidential election year. Uh, and so there was no Republican or Democratic convention. 1996. No, man. I didn't even pick the right year. That was bad. Yeah. And that was Mayor Daley was in charge of everything. And um, uh, Mayor Baby Daley. 1968, of course, was the first one uh, when old man Daley, Richard J. Daley, was in charge. And the, uh, the hippies and anti-war protesters uh, came to Chicago to protest the nomination of Hubert Humphrey as a Democratic nominee uh, and uh, protest the uh, Vietnam War. Uh, and Mayor Daley <laughs> did not handle it well, to put it mildly. He essentially unleashed the Chicago police on them, and they pounded the, the crap out of the protesters in 1968. I, in many ways, the Democrats uh, have not recovered from that moment to this day. Everything about it. I could go on and on about the extreme, uh, the extreme leftism 
such a world exists of the anti-war people who just alienated the hell out of middle middle America, uh, and the Republicans were able to manipulate that. Uh, the um, just the brute force of Mayor Daley, which just alienated the left from the mainstream Democratic Party. We're still wrestling with those rifts. Wow. Is it, can you wrestle with a rift? I just like the alliteration. Uh, 50 odd years later. And so uh, in many ways we haven't recovered. And 96 was supposed to be recovery year. It's just to show that Chicago had grown up from, uh, you know, where it was in 1968. And we could handle the different um, what elements of the Democratic Party. And let's face it, folks, many of those lefties who are in the streets of Chicago. Once the threat of being drafted and sent to Vietnam was over, they just joined the establishment. A lot of them were already became Republicans. Man, what a sellout. I just think about it every time, Dean. It just grinds my gears. And, uh, yeah, they and the, the ones who didn't do the extreme sellout of going to the Republican Party joined Richard M. Daley's coalition of, of powerful people. Uh, and they threw a party for Bill Clinton, speaking of old lefties who moved right. Once the war is conventionally, uh, conveniently out of the way, and the draft was conveniently out of the way, uh, yeah. And so the dissent, the, what they did, everybody who had an issue they wanted to champion uh, and protest, they sent. I'm not kidding. They, I think they they actually gave it some like cynical name, like the First Amendment Quarter or something. Where all, in other words, you had a, a First Amendment protected right to protest, but you had to protest in this one little space which was far removed from wherever any delegate would see you. Uh, And they just put everybody in there, no matter left, right, middle, whatever. Just go to the corridor and wave your sign around. Ah, And then they were really proud of themselves. This is the new orderly Democratic Party. Uh, And they renominated Bill Clinton. And, uh, yeah, a year later, he was embroiled in uh, Lewinsky Gate. So thank you, Bill Clinton. Uh, for your utter hypocrisy uh, in many ways and helping further uh, destroy the credibility of my beloved Democratic Party. So that was 1996, which is, and that's usually considered a triumph by everybody except for people like me. Uh, What a triumph it was for the Democratic Party in the city of Chicago and its great mayor. That's kind of like how the publicity went in the 90s. Anything Mayor Daley did, Richard M. Daley, was a triumph. Because the powers of be were so worried that another Harold Washington would emerge. They just kind of like elevate the stature of Richard M. Daly. He's brilliant. Like this is a guy who had a trouble uh, like articulating himself. D, you know what I'm saying? I can kind of understand. Sometimes I trip over my words. I understand. But he tripped over his words a lot. But then there were all these people in the lakefront who would tell me, Ben, no, you don't understand. He's really a brilliant guy. Really. You really should talk to him about philosophy. These Dems on the lakefront, you know, sold out to Daily. We were like, oh, man, he's so brilliant. Anyway, that was the 90s. Now, I'm wondering, in 2024, if it's here in Chicago, presumably Lori Lightfoot will still be the mayor. I don't think anyone's going to beat her. Let's be honest, folks. You love her, Chicago. Secretly love a powerful mayor who's mean and nasty. You love that stuff. And now you got the casino. Oh, my God, you're going to love her even more. So, D, I think uh, 2024, if the convention is in Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, We'll be the mayor. Oh, my God. We will be bowing down. Yeah, the mayor. The all-powerful mayor. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, D, I'm not really feeling the Democratic convention coming to Chicago in 2024. Really? I thought you'd be excited. 
Well, you know, I mean, now I'm, I'm going to talk myself into it. It might be fun. To, can you imagine doing a show from? Well, that's what I was going to bring up. That would be cool. Like get you there for the yeah, convention. You know, on, on the second thought, now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, right? it'd be fun to do a show. Yeah. Uh, say, All right. Now I have to figure out who can get me in. Uh, ben, could you tone it down a little bit and we'll, we'll let you in? <laughs> yeah. And it'll be like an old like radio gag or something like that. Now we go to Ben. Live at the United Center, see how fast it takes you to get kicked out for talking all that hippie stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see how long they put up with him before they kick him out of it. Uh, now, you would ha- you would be like, if we did it we were, as a remote from the convention, uh, you would be the guy. Oh, my God, D, you'd have to set it up. You'd be the guy. I have to, I'm so proud of the fact that, it, ladies and gentlemen, you don't know this a little behind the scenes. I my microphone wasn't working that well, and oh, I got a new yeah. plug, and I had plug, <laughs> and I'm so proud that I did that. I feel like I was very treasure. Yeah, uh, and but Dennis, you would be the guy who you would have to plug everything in. You know yeah. what I mean? This, that, and plug this. Oh Ben, I'm plugging that in. All right. Oh, they'd stick us in the hippie corner. It'd be fun. Oh, It'd be fun. God. They'd stick us so we'd be out in the parking lot with the like the First Amendment corral. Yeah. All right, you with the rest of them. But you know that now I'm talking myself into it. It would be fun. Uh, now nah, I'm talking myself into it, D. Yeah, I, right? I would not be officially participating with you know like bowing down in reverence to whoever the mayor is, but I would be. You know, it would be fun. I'm a political junkie, so. Uh, I think we can. Yeah. I think we can probably get some press passes or something. We we can work our way to get in there. But like I said, yeah, come on, gloomy Gus. Yeah, you're right. You know what? I sit corrected. Uh, it's a rainy day, and I was too gloomy. I'm telling come you. on, convention. <laughs> please let me be in the United yeah. Center with everyone else. Please get that Klobuchar fanny pack out. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Joe Biden will probably be renominated, uh, and so there will be no need to bring out the Amy Klobuchar uh, fanny pack. But uh, anyway, you know who was a big fan of her was uh, your guy, Bill Maher. Yeah, yeah, he was. He, he, he loved was, Amy yeah. Klobuchar. Come on, people, she's great. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so, but uh, you know, so we got a, a, a bid to get the 2024 Democratic National Convention in Chicago. And to sweeten the pot a little bit, the city of Chicago put together what else? A campaign proposal video featuring a local celebrity in hopes to win over the convention selection committee. Everyone loves these things. Isn't that right? Evergreen Park's own Jane Lynch. Did you know that the corn dog was born right here in Illinois? No, Jane, I did not know that. Cheese. Didn't know that either. <laughs> Who's wait? Who says Jane? I did not know that. He's. Uh, I hope he gave a little shout out to Johnny Carson because that's totally Johnny Car. I did not know that. You know. <laughs> Come on, random guy in Jane Lynch commercial. If you're going to steal from the great Johnny Carson. By the way, uh, Mark Sims, shout out. Mark Sims, shout out. Uh, so, D, I forget which interview I was doing, but I, I somehow or other got around to the story of Zaza Gabor hmm. from the Johnny Carson show. Do you yeah. know this story? No, I don't know Were the you, story. I, can't I, remember, I think I did this. This is a DJ Nate bonus. So, um, the issue was Zaza Gabor. There's a uh, like this story, this legend that Zaza Gabor many years ago was on the Johnny Carson show, and she had a, uh, a cat on her <laughs> on her lap, and she said uh, 
to Johnny, would uh, would you like to uh, stroke my pussy? And Johnny said, yeah, get the damn cat out of the way. <laughs> oh. And that's a legend uh, <laughs> uh, that's been going around. And so I've never heard Johnny Carson say that. So I just figured somebody made it up and attributed it to Johnny Carson. So I mentioned this in an interview. I can't remember who the interview was. What was. And Mark Sims, alert Mark Sims, sent me a video of Jane Fonda on the Johnny Carson show. And Jane Fonda asked Johnny Carson. She repeated the joke and she said, did this happen? And then it's just classic Johnny Carson. His timing is perfect. As always, he just sat there and he absorbed You know how that face he has? Like, like that funny little face he has when he makes, when he's just holding back. And then he goes, uh, I don't, th- I think I would have remembered that. No, I never did that. But I think I would have remembered that was the funny part. The crowd, the audience, uh, they're laughing hysterically. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to. I don't even know where we were when I went on that tangent. But, yeah, uh, listeners, apologies there. That was my fault. I played the Jane Lynch clip. Ben went on a oh, yeah. tangent there about the 70s and Johnny Carson. <laughs> oh, my God, you're right. That's It all began with the guy going, I did not know that without giving any credit to the great Johnny Carson. You're in rare form today, Jarofsky. Rare form, <laughs> my man. By the way, how fast would Johnny Carson get canceled in 2022? All right. Oh, yeah. I love Johnny Carson. Love him, D. Love Johnny Carson. And everybody loves these kinds of ads. All right. So this time around, Chicago enlisted songwriter, rapper, poet, Common to help with the pitch. Here's the video from Common. Our future is created right here by every single Chicagoan who chooses to see what we can be and achieve by the resilience deeply rooted in our history and the strength gained from every single victory by the vibrant neighborhoods up north, south, east, and west, 77 to be exact, each with unique history, sounds, and tastes from Pilsen, Logan Square, Avalon Park, to Chinatown, Ravenswood, back of the yards. We're home to many, many communities. All right, that's enough common. Show's (laughs) over. That convention's coming to Chicago. Uh, I was getting all fired up just listening to that. Every now and then, I'm not from Chicago like common, okay? Uh, So uh, this is, I could have lived anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. I chose to live in Chicago. What does that say about me? Uh, so, you know, I'm still learning the ways of Chicago and it's interesting city to learn ways of, uh, but that kind of, even just hearing that D kind of made me feel all proud and tingly Aww. about the city I chose to live in. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, I was like, yeah, I had to like, it, and it's interesting. They picked the white Sox. I mean, man, that it's funny. Like the other teams in Chicago, the only way you only going to love the white Sox. That's that's an interesting choice, D. What what you're trying to say? My beloved Bulls won six in the nineties. We're not gonna mention that, huh? <laughs> the Blackhawks won. You know, okay, I didn't care, but so they still won three in this century. And the Bears actually won one. <laughs> right, let's see if Dennis can do this. Oh, I don't geez, think he can Louise. do this, ladies and gentlemen. What year did the Bears win the Super Bowl, Doctor D? Um. <laughs> Uh, 1989. Uh, <laughs> I, I detect a pattern here. 
the answer to every question I ask him would be, let me ask, let's try this. 85. Uh, well, the regular season was 85, uh, but the Super Bowl was in 86. Very mm. confusing. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> but get, you know what? That's good enough. That's good enough. By the way, I just give a shout out to Rick Tellender uh, from the Chicago Sun-Times. And I know a lot of my listeners political. They never make it to the uh, sports pages of the paper. Uh, but let me just say a really moving column by Rick Tellender, uh, speaking of the Bears, about Steve McMichael. Uh, Rick Tellender, man, he, he came on the show. He's gone on the show a few times. He, he goes, Ben, I'm re- stepping back. I don't want to write as much. I'm semi I've worked too much. The guy comes in like once a week and writes a, a home run column. In my opinion, still the reigning champ uh, when it comes to sports columnist in the city of Chicago. Maybe columnist, columnist. So shout out to Rick Tellender, the great Rick Tellender, for that Steve McMichael tribute. You know, you really seem to like that Chicago video. Me, personally, I don't know. I prefer ones about corn dogs myself. Did you know that the corn dog was born right here in Illinois? No, Jane, I did not know that. Jeez. Come on, dude. You're going to quote Carson. You're going to quote the king. Attribute the source. Consultants from the Democratic National Committee were in town Monday meeting with hotels to determine the logistics. Mayor Lori Lightfoot said the convention would be an economic boon for the city, creating tremendous opportunities for job creation and business growth. And in the same statement, Governor J.B. Pritzker said $150 million would be poured into the economy, making it a win not just for Chicago, but our entire state. All right, more applications and bids. Come on, applications and bids, applications and bids. All right. The countdown to Gamble Town is underway, and our Chicago mayor has had a few applications and bids coming her way as well. Several applicants have put in bids for a brand new casino in Chicago, and for months, the mayor and her administrative team have been going back and forth on which disgustingly rich company to take money from. Life gets hard sometimes, guys. Well, the mayor announced this week, surprise, no one's surprised, it's Bailey's River West. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times, Franz Bielman, and Mitchell Armantrout. Lightfoot on Thursday confirmed the East Coast gambling company Bally's as her pick to run the city's coveted casino at the busy River West site of the Chicago Tribune's Freedom Center printing plant. And if it wasn't gone already, here really goes the neighborhood. Besides the casino, Bally's proposal at Chicago Avenue and Halstead Street includes a hotel, a 3,000-seat theater, an extension of the Riverwalk, a pedestrian bridge, an outdoor park, an outdoor music venue, a terrace with a large pool spa, fitness center, and sun deck, and six, count them, six restaurants, cafes, and a food hall. The casino giant will give the city $40 million up front for the license <laughs> and $4 million annually. And Bally says the, developmental, uh, the development will add more than 3,000 construction jobs and 3,000 permanent casino jobs. But not so fast. Just humor me, Ben. Not so fast. Getting the proposal through city council will be no small task. Neighboring alderpersons and a vocal contingent of River North residents vehemently oppose the development at an already congested intersection, although Alderman Walter Burnett said he expects a majority of the council will approve the project. Uh, ben, your thoughts? Okay, so much, so many thoughts. Uh, this is the very initial stage, ladies and gentlemen, so uh, no details have <laughs> been provided. Uh, so let me just take the f- last statement first. Uh, not so fast. The city council may not reject it. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Oh my God. Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. Any man. I'm sorry, man. Come on. Whoever wrote that sentence, you know. <laughs> Do you think people, write, when they write something that's utterly absurd, laugh? You know what I'm saying? Uh, not so fast. Well, that was yeah, me. Like city council is going to reject a casino bid, right, D? I wrote, but not so fast. But I know what you oh. mean. Oh. <laughs> All you got to do is say, you want to go down in history as the alderman who killed a casino? And that'll pretty much win over the votes. That's Remember, I always love this story. Scotty Wagesback tells it. Uh, 32nd Ward Alderman Scotty Wagesback. This is back when the mayor daily had this the insane idea of uh, bringing the Olympics to Chicago. And it would require literally writing a, a blank check to the International Olympic Committee promising, essentially Chicago promising to cover all costs of an Olympics. Like Brazil had the Olympics, but the whole country was paying for it. No, the city of Chicago was going to pay for the whole thing themselves. Everybody was aboard uh, to get that blank check written and required approval of the city council. Uh, and so it was 49 to 1. Uh, when the vote began with Scott Waggis back, like on the fence, he wanted to vote no because he knew as a good government reformer uh, that it uh, it was just going to mean bankruptcy for the city of Chicago. Uh, and uh, Richard Mel, who was his seatmate, the veteran Richard Mel, who pretty much did whatever any mayor asked him to do, any mayor who wasn't Harold Washington, that is, uh, told Scott Waggis back, they will kill you if you vote no. Scott tells a story. He loves telling a story. They will kill you. I'm not quite sure Mel was being metaphorical uh, when he said that. But the pressure applied to Scott was so intense. They needed 50 to nothing to send a message to uh, the International Olympic Committee that Chicago would spend any amount of money raising taxes, no matter how high they would go for the... Um, the Olympics. And so uh, Scott buckled and voted. He was the 50 to nothing. Thankfully, Brazil got the Olympics and the rest is history. So in this particular case, I do not believe, D, uh, that they'll have trouble rounding up the 25 votes. You know, remember, it's 25 votes you need because the mayor would be the 26. So I guess she wouldn't want to have to vote. So she would probably really want 26. I don't think they'll have any trouble with it, D. Uh, The main opposition is coming from two Northside aldermen, uh, Brian Hopkins and Brendan Riley. And, uh, their uh, objections are the traffic it would cause, the congestion it would cause, uh, this the uprooting of normal life in their area. Walter Burnett, the um, uh, it's just the the way our map is carved out. The actual site, which is the Tribune Printing Plant, is in Walter Burnett's ward, but the surrounding wards where the people live. Uh, who would be upset by the traffic and congestion or in Hopkins. This is brilliant, by the way. I got to give I got to give the mayor credit for this one. So it, the residents who would be upset by the congestion and the turbulence, et cetera, and so forth, primarily live in Riley's ward and um, uh, Hopkins ward. Uh, Burnett is the site where they want to build it is Burnett's ward and not a lot of constituents in that area. So it's like who, no one's going to get mad at him. You know what I mean? He's like, oh, okay, I'll go for it. So uh, I think most uh, there's too much money involved, D. So I don't think the city will have any trouble rounding up the 26 uh, that they need to to pass this. Uh, And uh, yeah, so that that was kind of funny. Uh, The other thing that I find amusing about this was uh, in uh, today's Bright One. And I will now read the section of the story, uh, Bright One being the Sun Times, of course. Home delivered as it always is. 
So uh, this is a story. Uh, Bally's executives have argued that their plan with a series of traffic signal upgrades would actually help reduce congestion. I love that, D. I just love that. They're going to put a casino in there with cars, et cetera. But don't worry. When we're done with the traffic upgrades, less congestion. They'll tell you anything, D, right? Okay. Uh, supporters note the property already is zoned for a much denser development than the casino, blah, blah, blah. Bally's will up will foot the bill for those intra infrastructure upgrades according to Jeannie Hong Bennett the city's chief financial officer no tax increment financing district will be created for the corporation either she said during an interview with the Sun-Times editorial board shortly after the casino announcement folks i really doubt the total veracity of that sentence and let me explain why it's written like it was written by a lawyer. No tax increment financing district will be created for the corporation either. Created as opposed to already existing. There's a whole bunch of TIF districts that exist around the uh, proposed site, which is a printing plant, by the way, where the Tribune used, well, I guess they still print uh, newspapers there, but will be out of business Uh they won't be printing them, obviously. <laughs> They'll be torn down. So part of this project means you have to tear down uh, the printing plant. Part of this uh, project means you uh, will have to remediate the land because it's industrial zone. Uh, it's been industry for years. So Lord knows what kind of toxics are in the, uh, the ground. Part of this, there's a railroad track there. Are you know they want to cover up that railroad track. And then you got the infrastructure needs, like the traffic signals and street, uh, rebuilding the streets to accommodate the traffic, et cetera, and so forth. You mean to tell me this casino is going to pay for all that? I don't think so. So at some point, the city is going to have to come clean on what it's going to cost to build this thing. And who's going to pick up the price? And my bet is, D, that they're going to try to finance, finesse it in such a way as to make it seem like none of the public costs to accommodate this site are actually accommodating the site and that we would be spending these, <laughs> this money anyway. This is what they did with Lincoln Yards. You know, well, there's, Ben, we had to rebuild a bridge. We had to rebuild that bridge, okay? So we didn't do this for Lincoln Yards. We just had to rebuild the bridge. They always say that. Don't no, no new money is being spent for this. No new public money. It's stuff we would have done anyway. So that will be the argument put forth as we head off. And uh, they're just they're hoping to that um, you know most Chicagoans will view this the way most Chicagoans view most development deals. It's it's not in their backyard. They don't pay attention and get away with a lot. So. And the public's been told that TIFs don't raise your property taxes. And so the public kind of believes that if they think about this at all, even though, of course, TIFs do raise your property taxes. That's how they work. <laughs> uh, and so I got a feeling, to quote the Beatles, that they won't have any trouble getting this through the city council. And I got a feeling, to quote uh, the Beatles again, uh, that uh, nobody will be writing about the property tax impact except for, I mean, a lefty writer for the Chicago Reader, except for that guy.
But other than that, D, smooth sailing uh, for the casino. It just seems like that one last little chunk of Halstead, it's gone. You know what I mean? You had uh, Cabrini Green there up north. Now it's just. This all began, ladies and gentlemen, to Dennis's point, again, right around the time we had that convention, 1996. That's when uh, the plan for transformation was created. And that was the idea that in uh, to help poor people who were uh, uh, in high-rise CHA projects, we would move the poor people, tear down the projects, and then move them back to really nice housing. Uh, <laughs> once uh, the projects were torn down, well, they didn't do this. Didn't do the second part of it, the moving the people back. The whole point of the thing was to move them out and tear down the projects and then build other things there. That was the whole point. And so, yes, Dennis, good memory. Uh, that whole area has been, as they say, transformed. Uh, it doesn't bear any resemblance either ethnically, racially, economically to the community that existed when I moved to Chicago in 1981. Yeah. And uh, so you're absolutely correct. And now they're just doubling down by putting a the casino there. Uh, and it's funny because the residents who live in the area now are living there in part because of the transformation that was created when they moved the poor people out. And so now the residents who live there now are claiming like this, like ownership to the area. You know what I mean? That's how it goes in Chicago. <laughs> the star community. Yeah. You know, like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 what about, what about when they moved all the other people out? You, I, <laughs> at Chicago, that was considered progress. Oh, moving poor people out. Oh, that's a good idea. We got to do that. Now they want to put a casino there. They're like, all these rich people are like, Hey, wait, what about the sunlight that comes into my window? It's going to be blocked by this. T what about the traffic? I won't be able to get over to the yoga studio. I remember doing a story in the 90s uh, about development uh, in this neck of the woods. And uh, uh, it was a, uh, a young white man who recently moved to the area and was complaining about a tiff. <laughs> anyway, and he said, I'll never forget this. He said that... Um, he really believes that Mayor Richard M. Daley would listen to him, his complaints, when he read them in the reader. I, I, this blew my mind that this kid said this because he believed that Richard M. Daley really concerned, was concerned about people like him. Uh, and so that his concerns about the overdeveloping the area, which, of course, Mayor Richard M. Daley didn't listen to at all. They completely re redeveloped the area. Uh, would be stopped if he just read the one article in, in the reader, which is so bizarre because they never, they, if you want to get something through to Richard M. Daly, you would not put it in the reader. He would just do the opposite. But it just gives you an idea of where Chicago's mentality was in the 90s, D, and also how long that gentrification process has been going on. We will be discussing this uh, for a long, long time, I know. We'll be bringing on all kinds of uh, people with different opinions. Um you know, I'm, I'm all over the map with the casino itself. That's where we're at. Uh, I like, I like big construction projects. Uh, people love to gamble. I, I just, I, I would to, to oppose a casino, uh, because it's a vice, you know, just, I don't know. They just, I can't do that. It's you know what I mean. I I realize that people love to gamble, so to stand here, they're gambling anyway. They're gambling on their. I know my some of my closest friends are routinely gambling on their phones. So it's just it just sounds absurd to be against the casino. The notion of using casino monies to pay off obligations to be dependent on them uh, really strikes me as 
rubs me as the wrong way to do things. It just strikes me as a, a, a bad policy. Uh, and to say, to tell people, as Walter Burnett is saying, that uh, somehow or other this will enable us to forego a property tax hike is utterly absurd. We're probably going to end up paying property taxes to build the casino, as I said before, to prepare the land to build the casino. So I only hope, D, we talked about this yesterday with Teresa Cordova, who's on the show. I only hope that somewhere, someplace, somebody does a cost-benefit analysis to see how much it's going to cost in public dollars to build this casino versus how much we stand to gain. And I don't believe uh, an accurate uh, objective analysis of that will be done. It's because just people want the casino. The mayor has decided this is where the casino will go. And so deal done. Let's move on. Don't ask questions. Well, you sound a little conflicted. Uh, when it's open, look for Bendrovsky outside the uh, casino going in and out the door, not knowing what the hell to do. <laughs> Do I go in? Do I go out? I don't know. I'm not a casino guy, dude. I can tell you that. Not a, the guys on my bowling team are like, in time, let's go down to him and that. And I'm like, you guys, I'm, I'm not a casino guy. I don't like them. I went to Vegas once. I never told you that. And I, 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 oh, really? Not for me. Once? Yeah. I've been, well, I've been through Vegas twice, but I actually stopped once and gambled. And I was like, yeah, I went more of a horse track guy. I like to, yeah, I don't like it either. You know, I went to, uh, there's a, there's a gamble, a riverboat gambling casino in Alton, and uh, I went like one. <laughs> you would think I've been like all the time, man. It's an it's an Alton. I've been I went one time, and it was like for five minutes. Like I don't like this. I gotta go. Uh, they allowed cigarette smoke for a long. I don't know if they still do, but oh god, you go. Oh my, look at whoa. Yeah. So especially yeah, on that, that riverboat but... one. <laughs> the rules of the river. You can smoke all day. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, no, I'm, I'm not a casino guy. What can I tell you? All right. We have no more Chicago application news and we have no new Chicago mayoral candidates to discuss this week. We're still at three at the moment. Alderman Ray Lopez, Willie Wilson and Mayor Lightfoot. It's only a matter of time until about 20 more jump on board. But Ben, have you heard any rumors or any kind of news about anyone else looking to maybe make a run this week? Well, I got to tell you that at uh, Tuesday's first Tuesday, uh, where we discussed the ward map with uh, Alderman Carlos Ramirez Rosa, 35th Ward. Uh, it was like a debate. It was a debate, uh, debating Alderman uh, Roderick Sawyer uh, from the 6th Ward. Uh, it was a great debate, and we have a um, we recorded it, and we'll drop it on Monday. We have a recording of it. Uh, thank you, uh, Hideout people, uh, for recording it for us. Uh, and uh, in that de- uh, at that moment, the first question asked by Frank, Sitting in the front row. Oh, no, his second question. Timmy Tutton got the first question. Uh, Frank, boom. Right to Roderick Sawyer's face. Are you running for mayor uh, in 2023? No ducking, no dodging. Good question, Frank. Uh, And that is a good question. And uh, uh, Alderman Sawyer did a little ducking and dodging. (laughs) He didn't say yes, but he didn't say no. Uh, and then, uh, good naturedly, Carlos Ramirez Rosa said, indicated that he would maybe support, uh, Rod Sawyer if he ran, even though they were on opposite sides of the ward map. So I know that, uh, based on his, uh, answer, Alderman Sawyer is definitely thinking about it. 
and looking into it, probably doing polls and all that kind of stuff. So that's uh, the one obvious uh, name uh, that you'll hear. So you can hear that show yourself, ladies and gentlemen. It's dropping Monday. Get to hear Frank ask that question. Bulldog Frank, are you running for mayor, Alderman Sawyer? Pretty good question, but yes, I have heard better. How did you go from sharing stories over the years to deciding to write a book? Good question, Mayor. Good question. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. I'll never forget Maya coming into the studio that one day, having heard that. Remember that day? Yeah. <laughs> and she was just on fire. All right, so let's move what on to the dumb question. <laughs> let's move on to the news in the state of Illinois. More applications and bids. Applications and bids. Applications and bids. Shout out to the Democratic Party of Illinois. Hello. They are officially applying to be among the first five states to vote for the next Democratic presidential nominee. Illinois will be competing against many other states that also want the cachet of having any early say in who becomes the president. After Iowa's messy and embarrassing Democratic caucus in 2020, other states are jockeying to dethrone Iowa. Come on, what Iowa... Lovable Iowa from its 50-year-old hold on kicking off the nominating process. New Hampshire, Nevada, South Carolina are also defending their prime early positions in the lineup. Democratic Party of Illinois Chair Representative Robin Kelly said in the application letter to DNC Chairman Jamie Harrison that, quote, Illinois looks like America and no state matches America's demographics like Illinois. We have another quote. From J.B. Pritzker. Pritzker said, quote, in more ways than one, Illinois perfectly encapsulates the shared values of the Democratic Party. Oh, yeah, that's right. In case you didn't know, he really loves Illinois. He continued, our state has led the Midwest and the nation in protecting a women's right to choose, raising the minimum wage, fighting climate change, expanding access to affordable health care and protecting voting rights. You know, D, I think the Democrats in Illinois are really asking a lot from the national party just think about in this show just you talked about chicago making a pitch to get the convention in 2024 and now the state of illinois democrats want the party to make illinois the first state to have a primary so a major role in determining the the candidate now we all know determining the candidate is not going to be that significant this year let's be honest ladies and gentlemen uh all things being equal i'm pretty sure that Joe Biden will be running for re-election. So there will not, I don't think there'll be any significant challenge to him. Uh, so it won't be as pivotal as it is when, let's say, there's a Republican in office or it's an open seat and, you know, it's wide open primary. I understand that. But um, I, you know what I'm saying, D? It's asking a lot. You're asking, okay, be number one state uh, if, to open up the election season and you want the convention. I've got a feeling it's going to be one or the other. You know what I mean? Because they got to spread the goodies out. And also, Illinois is considered a blue state. So it's like Biden doesn't need to do any favors in Illinois to, you know, convince voters as much as, let's say, Michigan or Wisconsin or Pennsylvania or North Carolina, et cetera, and so forth. So I don't think they're going to win this one and win the convention, one or the other. That's. Um, I guess. Come on, Illinois. Love thy neighbor. <laughs> it's rude. By the way, can I just give a shout out to Iowa? I know they screwed up the caucus really bad last time. It was a total embarrassment. I understand. But the Iowa caucus is fun. I I, I attended uh, a caucus in 2008 where um, 
Obama was victorious. It's a lot of fun. And it's, oh my God, if you're a political junkie, it is just, it's like for me eating fried chicken and pizza. Uh, not like, not a, not literally a pizza made of fried chicken, but like, you know, you have the fried chicken. And the pizza. Anyway, I'm just saying, you don't, you like. don't see Nebraska going out there trying to mess with Iowa. Come on, love thy neighbor, Illinois. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I don't know. He's trying to take it from. Come on. Give me that. I don't think we're going to get them both, Steve. Don't think we're getting them both. Well, it doesn't hurt to try. All right. No more application and bid news. <laughs> that is, unless someone in the next five minutes finally calls me about my application at WBEZ, WBBM, WTTW, WGN, WXRT, WLS, WBMX, among others. Unless that happens, unless that happens, we have no more Illinois applications <laughs> or bid news to talk about. I'll wait. Hold on, phone ringing. Oh my god! Don't. Oh my me. god! It's WBZ. They want a recommendation. That's hold on. He, he does a great job. What he's at what Ivy League college did he go to? Uh, Dennis, did you graduate from Harvard? No, I went to community college. Uh, <laughs> went to a community college. Oh, they just hung up on me. Well, I Sorry. did. I did go to an actual college, but I failed out. Can you tell? No. <laughs> Hold on. Let me call him back and okay, tell him that. Tell him. Real college was real hard. Okay. So yeah, no more application news. It's time for a 2022 Illinois primary election candidate update. This is a 2022 Illinois primary election candidate update. <laughs> ben Jarofsky, it's an eagle. Believe it or not, we are 53 days away from the 2022 Illinois primary election. Can you feel it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Sounds like you really fit. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I feel it. It's true. 53 days until our Illinois governor finds out which Republican he's going to be running against in the primary. The enemy is you. Oh, easy, Tiger. And if you're... <laughs> and hey, if you're new to the program or if you haven't really been following this race or any of the primary elections at all, I'll catch you up real quick on this governor election, all right? Our governor, J.B. Pritzker, is literally a billionaire. And it turns out to win an election against a billionaire... You also need like a billion dollars. That's what we've learned. And there's one guy out there. He's Illinois' richest man. His name is Ken Griffin. We call him Kenny G. And how convenient. If you're an Illinois Republican politician, he absolutely despises J.B. Pritzker. Now, I don't know. Maybe it's because he's scared or something. But Griffin won't actually run for governor himself. But what he will apparently do is fork over a ton of money to one Republican candidate and spend however much money it takes to unseat J.B. Pritzker. And that candidate this year... Well, it's Aurora Mayor Richard Irvin. This week, billionaire Ken Griffin has donated another $25 million to Aurora Mayor Richard Irvin's Republican gubernatorial bid. Griffin contributed the additional $25 million on Monday. The hedge fund founder last contributed $20 million to Irvin's campaign in February. Campaign records through March show Irvin has spent $10.1 million on media placements. He had raised $22.8 million, which included Griffin's earlier $20 million. And as of March 31st, the campaign had $10.9 million cash on hand. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot of do-re-mi. I thought he first gave $25 million. Now, I was caught off guard when I said today that it was $20 million in, uh, in the first installment of February. All right, whatever. 20 in February, 25 in May. Right, let me do the math. The, hold on. And two and 45 million. 
Uh, just call me Danny Biss. That's good. And uh, that's pretty impressive, Hundy. Huh, yeah. I can edit it and it'll sound even quicker. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> it's hilarious. $45 million, ladies and gentlemen. Now, that raises this issue. Is what's more valuable? $45 million in cash or Donnie Trump's endorsement? And that's the reality, D. See, uh, Richard Irvin, as I never get tired of discussing, is basically a centrist Democrat. He's basically a Rahm Emanuel Democrat, the mayor of Aurora, uh, who is repositioning himself really fast, uh, refashioning himself as a MAGA guy uh, under instruction from Kenny G uh, and the handlers that uh, Ken Griffin uh, hired to uh, run Richard Irvin's campaign. And so they've said you cannot possibly win the Republican nomination, uh, courting the votes of MAGA, uh, but as a Rahm Emanuel Democrat or a Mitt Romney Republican, which is the same thing. So what you have to do is go MAGA. So Richard Irvin ever since has been going MAGA, even though his entire record before this uh, had him placed as a Romney Republican, Emanuel Democrat type. Uh, so. I've always believed that absent Donald Trump's endorsement, the money of Kenny G would be enough to get MAGA to elect Richard Irvin. They see the commercials, you know, they're not really paying that much. They, I mean, you know, they're, they're typical voters. They're just, they say it on TV, they go with it. Uh, I've always believed that they'll, uh, and also, you know, those who are paying attention, well, I think he's the best choice, to, chance to win, so I'm going to go with him. So, you know, they'll throw their values out the window to win. I understand it. I understand, Mag. Uh, but, D, the wild card, if we're gambling reference there, huh? Tying it all together, you like that? Oh, that, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's Valleys. Some, <laughs> some poker games you play where there's a wild card, you know? Uh, anyway, um, I believe the wild card is Donald uh, John Trump, uh, as he proved in the recent Senate uh, primary in Ohio, uh, where he got J.D. Vance, uh, who went from third, I think, in the polls to winning it. His endorsement carries a lot of weight with MAGA. And so if Donnie Trump comes in for Darren Bailey, and that's who he would probably endorse, since, as I like to point out, Darren Bailey, the state senator from downstate Illinois, the hog farmer, even though he's not a hog farmer, uh, is the maggiest MAGA person in the campaign. So if anybody deserves Donald John Trump's endorsement, it's uh, DB. We all know that. Uh, now, will Donald John Trump put his credibility on the line, go up against a huge party funder like Kenny G? I don't know, D. You know what I'm saying? You hear that knocking sound? That's Donnie's knees knocking. Yeah, I don't know. I think all it takes is one shitty steak dinner from Ken Griffin to Donald Trump, and that's sealed. Yeah, so right now I see Donald Trump staying out, pretending like it's not even happening. Maybe he'll let, you know, he didn't uh, Darren B., uh, Bailey go down to Mar-a-Lago, I think mm -hmm. about a month or so ago. Yeah. So maybe I'll invite him down to Mar-a-Lago, you know, and then uh, Darren Bailey is sending out pictures, me and Trump at Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, we've yet to see the big pitch from Trump on Bailey. So, you know, it's. Yeah, I, I uh, he endorsed Mary Miller. Yeah. The congresswoman from downstate, uh, the one, of course, who said the immortal lines, Hitler was right. 
uh, and her apology was perhaps more offensive than the original statement. Uh, but he's not uh, weighed in on the governor's race. So D, absent Donald Trump's endorsement, uh, that $45 million, I think, will uh, elect Richard Irvin as the Republican nominee. The issue comes down to abortion, to that second question. And ladies and gentlemen, I reached out to the great Terry Cosgrove, TC, at a personal pack, who knows more about the politics in the state of Illinois than anybody not named Madigan, and maybe even more than Michael Joseph Madigan. Uh, Terry knows the game. He's been playing it for so long. And his issue, of course, is reproductive rights. So we're going to definitely bring him on. He's out of town right now, but we're bringing him on. Uh, and uh, so if Richard Irvin is uh, the nominee, he is not going to be able to run and hide like he did with uh, the Mike Flannery. That, that, that clip we play where the, the Irvin says, uh, I believe the interview's over, and uh, then Flannery goes, the campaign, of course, is not over, uh, has to do with the abortion question, which Irvin is ducking and dodging because he doesn't want to take a stand one way or another on this contentious issue. Well, it's going to be really hard to take a stand uh, once the Supremes uh, issue their uh, ruling regarding Roe v. Wade, overturning it, as I presume they will, uh, based on that recent leak. And so all after the, let's say Irvin isn't the candidate, D, and he's running against Pritzker, Terry Cosgrove is going to move it into high gear. And there's just every he's going to do to Richard Irvin what he did to Bruce Rauner, force this issue uh, onto the docket. And so it's going to be really hard for um, Irvin to win over MAGA's votes if he doesn't take a definitive anti-abortion stand. If he doesn't take a definitive anti-abortion stand, it's going to be a lot like Jeannie Ives, you know, like will Jeannie Ives still support him. Remember, she ran against Rauner because uh, he signed HB 40. So, um which, by the way, a very significant piece of legislation here in the last few years. It, it eliminated the trigger law. Uh, so, D, it's, it's, this is an interesting one. I'm going to, as a political junkie, I'm going to kind of enjoy watching this one unfold. Uh, and Terry Cosgrove will be in the middle of it all. We'll have him on in a couple of weeks. All right. So Illinois' richest man, Ken Griffin, backed Aurora Mayor uh, Richard Irvin again with a $25 million donation. Irvin's campaign declined to comment on the latest influx of Griffin's cash. I think we're done. The campaign, of course, is not done. (laughs) But the re-election campaign for our Illinois governor had something to say about all that money Richard Irvin got. Campaign spokeswoman Natalie Edelstein said in a statement that Richard Irvin is in trouble and Ken Griffin knows it. Voters can see this exactly for what it is. 25 million reasons for Irvin to keep hiding. That's pretty funny. Whoever uh, came up with that line, pretty good line. Uh, yes, hiding is that he's not taking, uh, he's not participating in Republican debates. Uh, he's not meeting with reporters. He, look, he's doing what a candidate who has forty-five million now uh, in the bank account does. He does not dignify his opponents by appearing with them. He relies on s- saturating the airwaves with commercial so that. Some voters will think he's the only candidate uh, running uh, and he stays away from difficult, contentious issues like abortion rights. That's what you do when you got Kenny G's 45 million in the bank. And so, uh, yeah, he's running and hiding and Pritzker's pointing that out. He won't be able to run and hide from a debate with Pritzker uh, come September or October. He'll have to debate Pritzker, and uh, so we'll see what he has to say. Will he uh, defend his 
you know, uh, Romney, uh, Emmanuel, you know, centrist views, or will he go MAGA? Be interesting to see. And don't forget, Pritzker, also very, very rich. All right. Back in mid-January, Pritzker donated $90 million to his campaign Mm -hmm. fund with some of the money already funneled to other Democratic organizations in the state. And uh, you know he isn't done there. Remember, he spent $171 million of his own money back in 2018 to beat former Republican Governor Bruce Rauner. So, yeah, a lot more money is going to be spent. Yeah, a lot of money. Now, you're probably not after hearing about that huge donation, but if you're wondering which Republican gubernatorial primary candidate is gaining the most traction and popularity in the race, listen up. An opinion poll came out this week, and according to this thing, it's Richard Irvin. Richard Irvin is leading the pack. A quick look at the poll here. This comes from Core Strategies. 17% were polled in Cook County, 28% in Chicagoland suburbs, 55% the rest of the state. All right, so you know how these polls kind of work. Our three choices are favorable, unfavorable, and everyone's favorite, not sure. (laughs) Very popular choice. You don't think about it. It's a sleeper, but not sure really does kind of run a lot of these uh, elections. So here are the results from the poll. First up, Richard Irvin. Richard Irvin, 30% unfavorable. 42% favorable, and 29%, I don't know, unsure. Yeah, uh, 42% favorable after all those commercials. That's not great. And it gets to what I was talking about earlier. Uh, He's MAGA is the central force in Republican politics, and he's not a MAGA man. He's trying to convince people that he is with that commercial that says, look like me, think like us, uh, which I talked about at length and wrote a column about. So I'm not surprised that his unfavorables are that high, uh, even with all the the Kenny G funded commercials he's been airing. Uh, You know, it's just it's you're asking MAGA to take a guy who's not pledging allegiance to MAGA. You know what I'm saying? It's a little difficult. You know, it's like trying, well, there's really nothing like it, so I'm not even going to make an analogy. But, yeah, I'm not surprised his unfavorables are that high. So, Richard Irvin, uh, that's the lead there. He kind of, I guess, won the poll. Uh, We're going to work our way back uh, from the rest of these here. So, how about Max Solomon? (laughs) Or as many know, know him as who? (laughs) Solomon, all right? 10% favorable. 13% 13% unfavorable, 77% unsure. Yeah. You could count me in the unsure. <laughs> I never heard of the guy until Dennis mentioned him. <laughs> Max Solomon. All right. Next up, Paul Schimpf. Paul Schimpf. Well, this isn't good. Paul Schimpf, 9% favorable, 12% unfavorable, 79%. Who the hell is this guy? <laughs> yeah, that's oh, that's hilarious and totally understanding, understandable because nobody ever heard of him either. Yeah, Schimpf had the lead in uh, unsure, <laughs> and 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 a lot of the voters still think they're as confused as I am. A lot of the voters think he's one of the Three Stooges. That is and true. I, I hear that a lot, a lot. Where I go, isn't that guy in the Three Stooges? No, 
It's not the Three Stooges, okay? <laughs> Up next, can he be a good governor? I don't know. Can he run a good campaign? Apparently not. But I can tell you one thing. This guy can pave the hell out of a parking lot and can play a wicked game of ping pong. Turns out that doesn't matter. It's Gary Rabine. Gary Rabine, 15% favorable. 15% unfavorable. With 70%, I don't know who the hell you're talking about. (laughs) You know what I'm starting to realize from this poll, D? What? Not enough MAGA people are listening to the Ben Jarofsky show. Apparently not. We've been talking about these guys for weeks. <laughs> Come on, MAGA. Tune in. All right? You want to know what's going on? You got to listen to our show. So, Gary Rabine, 15, 15, and 70. We have two more candidates left. And up next, Ben's boy. <laughs> they call him Sully, Jesse Sullivan. Jesse Sullivan, so far in this race, 27% favorable okay 24% unfavorable that leaves 49% saying Sully well who are you talking about that guy that drove a plane into the river no it's Jesse Sullivan they don't know who he is yeah well Jesse so you notice uh the the uh don't know who he is is lower here because he's a, he's got a little some money to air some commercials so you know that just tells you you know if you really want to know like these other guys you got to like take the deep dive and listen to the Ben Jarofsky show right or read Shia Capos or Rich Miller or something like that. It, it, it requires a little effort. Whereas if a guy has money for commercials, all I got to do is watching, a, I don't know, some random show on TV, and it comes right to you. You don't have to do anything. It's easy. Ah, uh, yes, I'm a typical voter in the state of Illinois. I'm just going to watch this TV show and learn things by watching paid propaganda. So, yeah, I'm not surprised. He, you know, he's, got, he's, he's aired a few commercials, right? So mm-hmm. people know who Jesse Sullivan is. I have to say, this poll, uh, you know, I think it came out at a great time. I think it's kind of telling of uh, this primary <laughs> thus far. I really do. Up next. Hey, friends, are you ready for government to dictate and control your lives again? You're one step closer. J.B. Pritzker, our tyrannical governor. That's right. Darren Bailey, baby. Darren Bailey, at the moment, 31% favorable, 19% unfavorable, split right down the middle on, I don't know who the hell you're talking about. Unsure. So what was the unsure 19%? Unsure, 50%. Oh, 50%. Wow. Damn. Well, I'm a little unsure about the unsure there. Maggie's not paying attention to anything. If they don't see it on TV. Wow. That tells me a lot right there. Going back to what I was saying uh, maybe a month or two ago. I don't know if this MAGA vote's really going to show up. Only if the way it'll show up, if Donald Trump endorses uh, Darren Bailey. You know, by the way, if Donald Trump wimps out and endorses uh, Richard Irvin, I'll be laughing. <laughs> oh, he's going to. You know, that means he he's going to the money like all the rest of them. Uh, but that's interesting. 50 percent uh, unsure as to who he is. Uh, and a little disappointed with you, MAGA. This guy's been on the front line for you. He was the one who walked out. Remember? No, Madigan didn't Mad Dog kick him out. Of the of the general assembly meeting they were having yeah. for not wearing a mask, oh my lord! 
He paid the price. He was kicked out of a meeting by Michael Joseph Madigan. You don't even know who he is. I mean, like, I'm sick of it. Dude, Darren Bailey went to Mar-a-Lago. Do you think if Donald Trump, I mean, if Donald Trump saw it, he would have endorsed him. You know what I mean? I don't think Donald Trump felt it. I don't, I yeah, like, you I'm may not, be right, D. I'm not feeling you, Bailey. Like, yeah, I don't think he, he just, he, right now, he just thinks, eh, I can't win. I'm not going to gain anything. I got no leverage here. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, so hey, anyway, That was wow. his moment. That was his moment. I guarantee Donald Trump, that was his big moment there, and he didn't impress Donald Trump. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think, it, I, I wouldn't phrase it that way. I would say Donald Trump uh, is a little more calculating than it. The issue is not whether he impressed him, in my humble opinion. The issue is if Donald Trump sees he can get something out of this. So, like, he, Donald Trump took a little bit of a gamble in Ohio, but he figured he looked like the kingmaker in Ohio. You know, uh, D, what if he endorsed, again, he takes a risk, and he endorses Bailey, and then Irvin wins. Then Donald Trump's not the man. Yeah. So, I to me... That's what's holding Donald Trump back. He's not quite sure he can overcome the $45 million that uh, Kenny G has kicked into yeah. Richard Urban's campaign. It's a balance game. If this MAGA vote really shows up, it really is a balance game. Because if you go in for Bailey too early, then he loses. Then the next thing you know, it's all messy. It's a balancing game. Yeah. But they're going to need MAGA in, in November, D. They're going to be Pritzker. They're going to need MAGA aboard. There it was. Your 2022 Illinois primary election candidate update. This is a 2022 Illinois primary election candidate update. All right, and Ben, what do you say we ended out with an ad, huh? Oh, okay. Yeah, let me ask you a question. Do you like hot dogs? (laughs) Yeah, I love hot dogs. Who doesn't like hot dogs? The Cook County Assessor's race is officially on because we officially have an ad from one of the candidates in the Cook County Assessor's race. His name's Fritz Kagey. He's the incumbent. He made an ad. It's about hot dogs. The noises are kind of gross. Now, Ben, who do, do you know who's in this race right now at the moment? Yeah, Steele. He's running against uh, the the president of the Water uh, Rec Commission. Uh, and you, as you recall, I once uh, lobbied. Uh, to be the head, well, no, just to be a commissioner. I, I knew a lot about water. If I recall, and, dude, uh, I was running your campaign. <laughs> uh, but uh, there was a, uh, a Fritz Kagey, oh, God, I have an embarrassing uh, moment here, Dita, to uh, account for, uh, who showed up, somebody who worked for Fritz Kagey showed up at the uh, hideout. Um, uh, when was it? On Tuesday. And, uh, uh, it said, yeah, I work for the um, assessor. Indeed, this was a, a baby boomer moment. I go, oh, Jim Houlihan? And the guy looked at me like, are you crazy? <laughs> Jim Houlihan hasn't been assessor since 2000. I don't know that. You know what? I'm just going to say, youngsters, that will happen to you. You you put so much information in your head that sometimes you just lose track of where you are. And all of a sudden, it's 2008. Oh, yes, of course. Jim Houlihan, the assessor. But no, the assessor is Fritz Kagey. Uh, he beat Joe Berrios. Uh, and Carrie Steele is running against him. And uh, she is, among other things, the uh, head of the Water Rec Commission. And she's married to Mays Jackson. I don't know if you knew that, D. Mays Jackson, um, he is uh, to the right what I am to the left. He's like sort of a right of center uh, freelance 
commentator podcaster who's been on the show a couple times. You know, like, I mean, I mean, yeah, like, well, come on, Maze, you come on the show. You'll be the right wing guy. I'll be the lefty. And we'll debate the issue. So anyway, that's that's Curry Steele. Well, sad news for the other candidates. The hot dog ad angle is gone. Kagey took it. You're sleeping, guys. Come on. Here's the latest ad from Fritz Kagey. I'm Fritz Kagey, and this is John. John treats all his customers the same. That's not how the assessor used to work. Corrupt politicians shifted the tax burden away from wealthy downtown landlords onto middle-class families, drenching you with sky-high property taxes. As a Democrat, that left a bad taste in my mouth. So that's why I'm reforming the system and expanding protections for seniors, veterans, and people with disabilities. If only paying tax. I'm Fritz Kagey, and this is John. John treats all his customers the same. That's not how the assessor used to work. Corrupt politicians shifted the tax burden away from wealthy downtown landlords onto middle-class families, drenching you with sky-high property taxes. As a Democrat, that left a bad taste in my mouth. So that's why I'm reforming the system and expanding protections for seniors, veterans, and people with disabilities. If only paying taxes were this good. I saw the commercial. I didn't just hear it as you just heard it. Uh, and I got to admit, folks, I just really wanted to go out and get a hot dog after I saw that commercial. When he And, and the part that's like the bad part where he's like overwhelming. Uh, the system is overwhelming. He's putting all these ingredients in the hot dog. Man, it just made me even hungrier for the hot dog. He put pickles and relish and onions. Uh, you know. I love loading a hot dog with a lot of stuff, but I don't put ketchup on a hot dog. Okay. And it's not because I'm from live in Chicago. That's the dumbest reason not to do it. I don't like ketchup. <laughs> Chicago. Chicago dibs. It's like, it's a lot like that. Uh, this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. Ad many, many years ago. Remember that? Vaguely, where they fry the egg and they go, "This is your oh brain. yeah." They show an I egg. Don't really this re- is your brain. Yeah, I don't really fry. remember it because I was high at the time I saw it. Oh. But uh, well, I remember uh, the, the whole thing was like uh, we used to make the joke like, "This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs." And the egg would cook, and then they go, "Any questions?" We go, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." When do we eat? That was our thing. <laughs> yeah, that's how I thought it. And uh, so, I uh, like uh, if that gets him votes. Wow. <laughs> Somebody votes for Fritz Kagey. That's the hot dog guy. D- you know what? Suddenly I realize that may work. They, somebody knows nothing about Cook County, Cook County Assessor, nothing about how property taxes are determined, nothing about maybe they're a renter, never seen a property tax bill. Oh, that's just no, oh, the hot dog guy. Yeah. I'll vote for him. I like hot dogs. You know, Keggy, you're almost there. You may as well just do it. Create a campaign. Vote for me. Get a free hot dog. How about that? Wow. Winner. <laughs> Winner circle. <laughs> Got a million of them, D. All right. So there you are, everybody. Remember, you can you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows and so much more. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A. V is in victory. S-K-Y. Check out the latest column from Ben Jarofsky. Ben, what's your latest column about? Oh, man, I, I let him have it. My latest column is about uh, how Whole Foods left Englewood. The Amazon owned Whole Foods left Englewood. Uh, and uh, meanwhile, the city, um, it, you know, uh, throwing millions at gazillionaires, always proposing 
and uh, to give more money to rich people like Amazon's Jeff Bezos. So it's just kind of interesting, the attitude when it comes to uh, subsidizing development in a poor neighborhood versus subsidizing development in an upscale neighborhood. And no matter what, it's always considered like really advantageous for us all uh, when we give money to rich people which is what's about to happen with this casino. Just saying, ladies and gentlemen, no matter what they say. Uh, but whenever money is spent on poor people, it's like a waste. And, you know, I, in the in the article, in the comedy, I talk about uh, the gasoline uh, giveaway yeah. from Mayor Lori Lightfoot and how that barely passed. We talked about that a lot last week. Barely, pa- barely passed the city council and all the consternation and the questions and but they're gonna gearing up to give who knows how much for this casino. So, just get into the conflicting attitudes uh, about uh, subsidizing rich people, giving money to rich people, as opposed to giving a helping hand to poor people. The, the conflicting attitudes in the city of Chicago about that. So, check it out: chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky, the latest column from our very own Ben Jarofsky. And when you get done with that, and you want to read more articles, check out maybe a column from the day you're reading, uh, ten years ago, fifteen years ago. 20 years ago? Yeah, it's true. Dude's been writing these for a while. <laughs> ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. Yes, and I also want to uh, alert people that I have some great bonus interviews we're dropping this weekend. Uh, fantastic interview, if I must say so myself, with Achio Bejas. She talks about her uh, uh, friend Susan Nussbaum, who just passed on. A great mind, a great uh, activist, uh, play, playwright, actress. And then we get into the whole issue of abortion rights, reproductive rights. Fascinating interview. I uh, got Rahman Hussein interview, uh, the great Rahman Hussein. We're going to be dropping her uh, interview with her this weekend. And then, as I said already, on Monday, uh, we will have the recording from last Tuesday's first Tuesday. Uh, Carlos Ramirez Rosa and, and Rod Sawyer. Folks, if you missed it, it was a great debate. Uh, and I got to say this. Uh, Carlos Ramirez Rosa is one of the great debaters. I've seen him in action now four times. And he's quick on his feet. He could throw a counterpunch. But dang, Rod Sawyer showed me a little something yesterday on Tuesday. Okay. You know, he was standing toe-to-toe. He wasn't backing down. So uh, fascinating uh, debate. Good job by both of them. Uh, And I urge everybody to check it out. That's our show. All right. Very good. I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy of all Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. And as Rod Sawyer, Carlos Ramirez Rosa, Maya Dukmasafa, and John McDermott Jr. will tell you back home in Alton, they call him Dr. D and the D stands for the marvelous. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Have a great weekend, everybody. Hey, friends. Are Hey, friends, are you ready for government to dictate and control your lives again? You're one step closer. J.B. Pritzker, our tyrannical governor. 